Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Welcome to the Beyond Grit Podcast, Episode 9. This is Dr. Cindra Kampoff alongside Tim McNiff, the one and only. So, Tim, how are you doing today? Well, I get to hang out with you. How bad can life be? I think it's awesome that we do this every week, and it's fun to talk to you about what's going on, catch up with you, but also uh, to, real, to really give people some like um, great practical tools that are going to help better their life and their sport and their work. So, Thanks for joining me every week. Oh, you know what? Thanks for letting me go along for the ride. I am happy to be the Robin to your Batman. Uh, This is great. You know, um, it's fun because I sit there and I go through the book. This is my second time through the book. And it's it's fun for me now to kind of slow down. I mean, when I I encountered the book, I was on a plane. Yeah. Highlighting, 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 and reading, 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 almost like I had a fever. And now I sit there and I'm digesting it a chapter at a time. Ooh, cool. It's like, you know, it's like I got like a, uh, my favorite um, food and ate it as fast as I could, almost like a, as a condemned man the first time. And now yeah. I kind of eat it, you know, okay, we're going to take our time and work through it. And I've been waiting to talk to you because, as I always do, but I mean, chapter nine really hit me. Because I had just, and we had discussed recently, you and I, and I can't remember if we did this during our last podcast or just talking off camera, but I was able to attend a function um, a week ago, and it was called Living and Leading with Purpose, and it was put on by the Think to Perform Research Institute, and the key word there is purpose, and chapter nine so gets into purpose, Mm. and quote, one of the people who spoke at the seminar I just went to, yes, standing uh, presentation. But now, as I give you the big build-up, now I have to say, yeah. But first, we got to talk about chapter eight. <laughs> Back and review chapter eight, which was, of course, find your fight. And the homework you assigned was write about what you're fighting for in a note card and keep it close to you during the day. Did you do? I see your note card. So, what it, what are you fighting for, Tim? Like, what's your note card say? Okay, this is what happens when you write yours and, and then you like go back and look at what you wrote. Yeah, but I was like, hey, Tim, I spent like a lot of time thinking about my fight as I was reading this chapter. So like no comparison. It's- so we talked about this last week, what we were getting through and you asked me what I was fighting for. And so I, I put out there, I'm fighting for uh, relevance and growth as a coach and consultant. And, you know, by doing those things, I think I'm going to help and serve people the most. Mm. For everybody who wants to start something, or needs a second chance. Ooh, love that. So if I can help them, you know, uh, get that start over or that chapter two or whatever that is, that's what I'm fighting for. That, that to me is a good reason to get out of bed in the morning. 
And that I think actually connects well with your purpose. You know, like as you do some more work on your purpose and writing it into a statement, I wonder how many of those like words or that those themes will come into your purpose statement. So it's cool that we talked about your fight last week because I think that's a good kind of segue into today's topic and really delving into purpose and what that means and why it's important. Almost as if you wrote the book that way. Yeah. I guess there's probably a reason I put that before purpose, right? It's strategic at the time. <laughs> You're something. Okay. You know, you, you said in there, I want to go back to your, your um, why. What are you fighting for? May I? Yes. You said I'd ask myself the same question. I've discovered two answers. Hmm. And you said this last week, but I just want to, as you wrote it. First, I'm fighting for the relevance and growth of the field of sport and performance psychology. I'm also fighting for the women in my field, demonstrating that working with professional athletes, even predominantly male sports teams, and speaking on the world's biggest stages are within our reach. Mm-hmm. At this global aspect, the, the greater good, which is pushing for uh, performance psychology, and then within that, the subset of people who are like you, who maybe didn't get those opportunities before, and now you're showing them that, that it can be done. Yeah. And you say that and I'm like, that's exactly, um, you know, part of my why is to continue to grow the field. That's why like I'm doing this with you, right. To help more people, but also kind of show people that, yeah, mindset is really essential to our success. And there's more and more people who are aware of that, you know, um, in 10 years, there's going to even be more and more. So I'm going to do my part, helping people figure that out and just realize that. And that was the homework. If you're joining us for the first time, we assign homework every week. And uh, something ironic about the fact that I would be part of any program where they're assigning homework after I spent <laughs> scholastic years doing my best to convince people that the dog ate it. Uh, but you asked. It's fun homework, uh, though, right, Tim? <laughs> Comes back. Uh, I'll write about what you're fighting for in a note card and keep it close to you. So I've actually done that. And I also said last episode that I was not going to shortchange the high performance power phrase. Um, and uh, you wrote, uh, I find my fight. I remind myself every day what I'm fighting for. I stay purposeful and passionate about my life, work, and family. And again, something that somebody could take from the book, put it on a card, and put that somewhere, and it's going to help. And what we'd encourage you to do with the uh, power phrases every week is just use those to guide you. You know, as you think of, I love how we're doing this once a week so people can digest the book because it, you know, it can be a lot if you just like focus it on one setting. So it's like, all right, um, you know, last week was, was fight. Now let's focus on purpose. And you could use that power phrase to really guide your focus throughout the week. Make sure you've written your purpose statement exactly the way that you want to. And it all one, one chapter, one stage builds on the next. And as we do that, we move on. Uh, there's 10 powerful practices. We're in practice two, which is get clear on your purpose. And chapter nine is where this really starts to come into clarity. Chapter nine, live and play with purpose. And it's interesting. Um, you have a, a quote from Mark Twain that's somewhat well-known and was also given at the Living and Leading uh, with Purpose uh, seminar, one of the speakers. Cool. You also start uh, with a story where you talk about an NFL athlete. Are you able, willing to give, uh, give, put a name or a face to that? Well, I think that I can because normally like everything is confidential in my work, but um, I had him on my podcast a few weeks ago um, and he, he uh, kind of let him 
choose where he wanted to go with the conversation, but he came to me and he said, I really want to talk about the mental game and I want to um, help people just realize that it's important. And so we talked about him being on my podcast. So this example in the book is actually from our, our ex-punter, Jeff Locke. Um, he was on my podcast and man, you should listen to that. Um, it was a phenomenal interview about how he really turned things around and used his mind to do that. Um, but the cool thing is in, in a lot of my work with pro athletes, like as we get going, we, we do examine their purpose because their purpose really informs everything, the way they show up, the way they do the work, the way that they give back to the community. And, you know, I, I really looked hard at my own purpose after a, a traumatic event in my life. I was at the Boston Marathon bombing um, in 2013 and uh, it was really difficult to be there, but you know, just had a difficult um, kind of emotional experience when I got home. It was kind of shaken up for a, a good several months. And I remember laying on my couch one Saturday, reading books about purpose, just trying to figure out what is mine. And, um, you know, I think I, since then I became really clear on what mine is and uh, how can I live it every day. So this is, this chapter is really kind of a summary of what I found in that ex, um, exploration. You know, uh, this is one of the longer chapters. It's the longest chapter we've encountered in the book so far. Mm. And I wrote down in the outline for today's show so many more things than I normally do. So we are kind of loaded, but I can't really just bypass what you just shared with us. Yeah. You know, I, I can't imagine. I mean, so many of us, the closest I've ever come to something like that, I was in Atlanta in 1996 and was in Olympic Park during the day. And that night, there was an explosive device that went off. And, I remember and, that. And, and uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, I have two little kids and, and if I had been there at a different time in a different place, but within 24 hours of that, um, you know, so I, I, I shared a little bit of what you're talking about, but, but the, the, the horror of that particular incident, uh, most of us, and I hope all everyone listening never has to do with anything like that. How did it affect you going forward? I think at the time it was really difficult. Uh, the day was really difficult. You know, I didn't know if I was going to get home and my boys at the time were in uh, kindergarten and second grade, you know, so you just wonder, like, are you going to see them again? And there was rumors that there were multiple bombs along the course and we were right there, um, you know, at the finish line and our hotel was right there. So like all that made it really difficult. But now I see that experience and the reason I was there is happening for me, not to me. And the right. way that I would kind of explain it is like that day woke me up to my purpose. You know that, um, and most of my time before the 2013 Boston Marathon, like uh, I was, you know, publishing research in journals, which is awesome, but like no one really read it. <laughs> just other researchers. And, and uh, since then, I really became clear on why am I here? What am I supposed to do with this life? And um, I think, you know, um, I, I started exploring different things, like things that I really, really, really wanted to do. And one was write a book. One was to do this with you. One was to do work with more pro athletes, do more speaking. And so I would say that that day drastically changed my life. But it changed it because I was able to kind of reflect and think about it. It was like an eye-opening experience for me to better understand my purpose. Well, you, you write, uh, and I'm sort of skipping over the point about self-actualization. Mm. When we reach self-actualization, uh, we thrive and perform our best more consistently. And the next one that I had written down, I pulled, and so many things I could pull, but you said our worlds are incomplete until we understand our purpose. And unfortunately, that, that traumatic experience. Yeah. 
helped you find yours. It did help me find mine. And so when we talk about self-actualization, you know, for people who are familiar with psychology, you've maybe heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And what this shows us is that our human needs are in a hierarchy and the needs like, you know, air and food and shelter at the bottom. Those are the most basic human needs. We need those met um, first, right? But, you know, at the highest level is our need to operate with purpose. And that's what really self-actualization means, that we thrive, we perform at our best when we're self-actualized. And I love this quote that Maslow, um, he says, he says, you know, at the highest level, um, you know, musicians must make music, an artist must paint, a writer must write if he is to be ultimately at peace with himself or herself. What a person can be, he or she must be. This need is called self-actualization. And I, I, I think, you know, that's when we're really thriving, when we're at our highest level and we're a peak performer in everything we do and when we really understand why we do it. And that's why I love this work with, you know, pro athletes, because most of them, maybe they've thought about their why, but, you know, they always haven't thought about their purpose. And then when they do, you know, there's some examples I provide, they start making different decisions, you know, maybe where they're spending their time or how they're spending their money or how can they give back to their community more. Uh, and so when you, when you really start to examine your purpose, you live more intentionally and can consistently be at your highest level of peak potential. And, and everything starts to, to flow. Mm -hmm. I, you, your worry is decreased. You know, your, your, just your, your, your whole purpose, uh, it gives you almost freedom to not only uh, make better choices, but to, to actually um, enjoy experience, enjoy the ride. I mean, we, yeah. I'm looking internally, but it's when we look externally and find that mm -hmm. great thing, that's when we find joy. And that's why I'm so excited about this, uh, this chapter today. One of the speakers that I did here at that uh, forum was Richard Leiter. And you said, yeah. I quote him in the book, and here we go. Richard Leiter is all about purpose. And he wrote in The Power of Purpose, only when our purpose is larger than ourselves can we see that we are becoming the best version of ourselves. And I've just always kind of my own sort of amateurish way, I've always been hung on the phrase, everyone wants to be a part of something that's greater than themselves. Mm -hmm. Here we go, you're giving me clinical research that, that backs up. Mm -hmm my own amateur belief. And that was the first book that I read, uh, Richard's book in 2013. Um, I read it cover to cover many times and just to try to figure out what my purpose is. And I love that he said that we all want to contribute to the world, make it a better place. And when you're thinking about your purpose and writing your purpose statement, I always encourage people to make it, um, you know, bigger than themselves so that they can kind of see how, how uh, they contribute to the world, and that just helps us flourish. Um, you know, other researchers have found that people with a purpose are more likely to report being happy and uh, describe that they're living the good life. Um, and so, you know, it helps them give them vision for the future. So I think it's something that we all, like, uh, strive for, right? But that's a really daunting idea. Like, when I got back in 2013, I'm like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do next? And uh, that's a that's a big idea. <laughs> and look 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 what you created. I mean this this is just a it's a beautiful piece of work. It's quite a testament uh, to you and your commitment and and your purpose. Um, and you know when we get to purpose and people thinking, yeah, well, you know, what what can I do? You, you know, the many beautiful things in this chapter at the top of page fifty seven, and I have many things highlighted, including the the quote from Maslow you gave. 
but I said, your purpose is you your purpose is what makes you unique. No one else has the same mix of experiences, knowledge, values, gifts, and dreams as you. Yeah. And that's such a thing, a powerful thing for everyone to hang on to because you may not be valuing yourself, but nobody has that unique combination of, of factors that you have. Yeah, I think that that is powerful, you know, powerful. because I, I think the way to just to remember that is like your purpose is unique to you. There, there's no one else who has the same purpose in this world as you do. And so no one else can contribute the way that you can to your community or to your team or to the world. And so sometimes when I get in a bubble where I might compare myself to someone else, you know, I have to remind myself of that. I'm human just like everyone else is, you know, it's like, no, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing matters. It matters to people. It matters, you know, uh, to my family, you know, and it's like no one else can offer what I can. No one else. And that, I had to tell myself a lot that when I was writing this book, Tim, it's like, no one else can offer what I can. I have this unique perspective on the world or on performance psychology. You got to write it, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you got to tell yourself that because your automatic negative thoughts, you know, that, that, that negativity can jump in pretty quickly. Well, you know, you and I had a phone call uh, last week and you called me and right off the top, you know, I gave you an answer. You're like, how are you? I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. and I just wasn't in a great place right then. And, and I've been reliving the phone call sort of ever since. So, I'm like, oh, I should have been more positive or I should have been, you know, more this, these things happen for me, not to me. But, you know, you, you do. You get caught up in, in the reality of the moment you know, and, and you're not always going to be, you know, at your best or I don't want to be calculated. I gave you an honest answer. You know what I right, mean? Absolutely. Sometimes you're not up or whatever that is. And that's what I think the gift of this whole process is, is we're getting into purpose. But as we go through the book, you start giving strategies to change mindset yeah. and we're building on all that. But first we have to do purpose. And in this chapter, uh, by now we'd be delving into the homework but you do something in this uh, chapter before the homework, you have an exercise in there and it's at the bottom of page 57 in the book. If you, I'm sure it's in the workbook too. I don't have the workbook in front of me, but to, to discover your purpose, answer the following four purpose questions. And you have the four purpose questions there. And um, you go on to the next page to continue the process. And you, you go through step-by-step you know, how to do it, and then what sort of, how to live it. And then you go on even further on page 58 to say, when I help clients write their purpose statement, I provide a structure to fill in. You can use this structure if it's helpful or modified if it feels too constrained. Either way, use your answers to the four purpose questions below as a way to structure your purpose statements. Now, we're about halfway through what we normally spend on, on our podcast. I know you could probably spend about three hours just talking about what's on page 57 and 58. So you're challenged, Dr. Kampoff. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> How do you melt that one down? That's a lot. It is a lot. You know, I, you know, when I think about when I came back and just read all the stuff about purpose, I read it all and then I read all the research, but then I was like, wow, now I don't know what to do. What is it? So... <laughs> So, so that's why I came up with like a structure that people can use. And um, as I do workshops, Tim, or, you know, yesterday I was actually speaking to a group of um, high school coaches. They all wrote their purpose statement. And then we talked about how can it guide their coaching 
um, you know, as they walk into practice? How do they want to remind those, themselves of it? Can they put it on a note card and say it to themselves, you know, with, before they get in the shower, when they wake out, of, you know, when they get out of bed? Um, I have mine in my car, you know, so just the kind of these visual reminders of like, why am I here? And what I love about the structure is it also, you know, connects with, connects you with your best and what does your best look like? And when you're really living on purpose, I think you're also living your best life. And so, um, yeah, there's four questions that I would encourage people to answer. These, these are the four, uh, what words describe me at my best? Uh, what do I want to create or do for others and myself? What value or uh, result do I provide? And then who do I want to guide or help or inspire? And using those to craft your purpose statement. Um, and what's super important is we're doing it, it needs to be simple enough to memorize. Avoid like words like no, never or always. You know, and something that you can do and you can experience every single day. Because uh, and what's super cool is like, no one else's, no one's purpose statement is exactly the same. I mean, I bet I maybe done this exercise with like a thousand or 2000, a couple thousand people at this point. Nobody's ex, nobody's purpose statement is the same. And when they read it, it's awesome because right away you can see in the audience, like how you connect to someone else really quickly, just by understanding their purpose. And by understanding, like, let's say your boss's purpose, you're like, Oh wow. Well, that makes sense. Maybe why he or she does it that way. So, um, this might be the most important chapter in the book. I don't know. <laughs> what is it it really is. I mean, it, it does. It gives you a peek behind the curtain. If someone's going to show you this, or you get an access to, you know, opportunity to see this and, and all these exercises, including, you know, what we did this week where you're, you're putting your, your why uh, on a card. Now you get into the next bottom of the next page. You do give a structure. And if I may, you, you say, you know, the structure for purpose statements, the purpose of my life is to, and then you have blank lines and underneath in parentheses, you say, use your answer uh, to the first question here. So the purpose of my life is to blank two, and then you put, use your answer to the second purpose question here. So you're taking all of that, which we didn't answer in the first four questions and plugging it in within the structure of this wording that you provide. Why? Uh, because I found, you know, for myself, when I went through this process, it was really hard to figure out how to write it after reading all these books and research about purpose. And so if you have a structure to start with and, uh, you, you can change around, but I think it gives some, I think people, the start is what stops people many times, right? And it was so overwhelming to me that I didn't know where to start. So at least the structure gets you started and then you can change it around and move it around. And I encourage people to come back to it a few times. Uh, before they've decided, yep, this is it. And then can you put it places that you can see it often so that you remind yourself to say it out loud? You know, I say it before every speaking engagement. I say it in the morning. You know, so it's so easy to, for me to remember. And I, I would, I'll say it, and guess what? This is exactly me. This is what I know makes me tick. So I think, you know, that's also the guideline is when you say it, are you like, yep, that's me, <laughs> you know? And and I think it's important for people to know that you, you didn't, you weren't born this way. I mean, you didn't start this way. You, it's been a process for you to get for here. Sure. It has. And it and took me, you know, you, yeah. you what, the effect that this exercise had on your life. Do you remember what you wrote or do you want to share that? Yeah. Well, this is what I now use is like the purpose of my life is to be authentic and passionate and live with a service mindset. So how can I give to other people today? but I also want to play big. 
Um, and play big to me means like going after things, taking some risks, get out of my comfort zone, like being courageous, right? So I want to help other play big so they can be their best. And that's also how I know that I play big, right? So whenever I'm running a marathon, I'm like, you never know who's watching. <laughs> you know, whenever I, I go out and, and put a video up on Facebook, it's like, well, you never know who's that going to help, who's that uh, going to help today. So I got to keep that in mind because that's how I, that, that's me, Tim. You know, hopefully you're like, yep, she's authentic and she's passionate, you know, because uh, that's the way that I, I want to live. And um, I know that that's how I connect with other people. And, and I think the important word that you haven't put in there that important is, is, is put out there too is transparent mm. about this. And you say, completing this exercise changed my life. Before writing my purpose statement, I was struggling to explain what I was doing. I felt frustrated and defeated. Mm. And I think that's really powerful that you share that because, again, I think it's like when, when, when I found your book and I'm reading your book on the plane and I'm going, this is the book I should have written if I had done all the work that you had done and sat down and applied myself. That, you know, I couldn't have written this book. But what I love about it is it's not just you give the formula. You give the process for reaching the formula, but you also tell people, I wasn't born like this. I didn't start this way. I right. mean, I got here. It was a struggle. It took grit. grit. And it I your think grit. one thing that, you know, I hope people are hearing is that it took a really difficult moment for me to step back and examine my purpose. And I think people will say, you know, like, um, I read this research about when people are asked the most important days of their life. It was a, you know, it was, um, it was a day they had to overcome significant adversity. And that day was one of the most important in my life because it woke me up to my purpose and why I do what I do, you know, or why, where, and where I want to go. Cause that purpose now informs me, right. Helps me show up as my best every day. Well, we, I think I speak for both of us when I say we sincerely hope that you not only do chapter nine, but that you get out of it to what both of us did. It's, it's, uh, I think we're in accordance that this a beautiful chapter and it really is a fun chapter. And I think it's really a rewarding potentially uh, chapter um, homework uh, for this week. So the homework is to take some time to put your purpose statement on paper, um, a note card, a piece of paper somewhere. And then I would encourage you to put it somewhere you can see it. You know, maybe it's in your bathroom or your closet, somewhere you're getting ready or somewhere you can see it every single day. And uh, then repeat it just like I do. So it becomes natural. And, you know, it's like I can just say it because uh, I've repeated it so many times in my mind. And um, all of that does a lot of work on helping you show up in terms of the way that you want to. And I can't wait to listen to yours, Tim. Oh, boy. Are you, are you excited to accept that challenge? Oh, you know what? I, I am. And, and because I think this really was special for me because I had that opportunity to listen for hours all about leading with purpose and the effect of purpose on life and hear so many great stories to get this chapter right on the heels of that. Yeah, it, cool. It was an unexpected gift. And, and again, I, it's a reward for me to be able to do this with you and to bring this to people. And I sincerely hope they get a similar experience. And if you do, I would love to hear about it. Uh, before we do our gritty people of the week, here comes your high performance power phrase. I live and play on purpose. No one else has the same experiences, knowledge, and gifts as I do. I have a unique purpose, and I live that purpose. You're pretty good. Oh, you're kind. You're <laughs> awesome, Tim. <laughs> I'm just I love it. 
Oh, you're pretty good. That's good stuff. Okay, uh, we have our gritty people of the week. You want to start? You want me to start? Um, I'll start today. Um, Go ahead. For the last four days, I have been really inspired by Mary Kane. So Mary Kane is a professional runner who was uh, one of the fastest, like, 17-year-olds in the United States, and she joined the Oregon um, Nike Project. And this week she came out um, really openly and vulnerably and talked about her experience there and how difficult it was. Um, and with really the purpose of changing sport and changing girls' experiences in sport. And uh, I was just, you know, yesterday, last night, watching another video, um, Sports Illustrated interviewed her and just uh, blown away uh, with her vulnerability. And uh, a lot of people have been attacking her. Nike kind of attacked her back and her old coach, Alberto Salazar, attacked her back. But, you know, for a 23-year-old, she's staying strong. And uh, clearly, she has done, I think, the mindset work to be able to speak publicly on the world stage about um, creating a safe environment for girls. And uh, she's my gritty person of the week. She's been really inspiring me and with her vulnerability and her courage. And her message has, has gone across sexes because other runners, men included, have since come out and said, and it just shows you, if you're an elite athlete, oh, I shouldn't even say that. If you're an athlete, you there's a certain amount of yourself you're just trusting your coaches to have. Yeah. Do things, you know, for your coaches in an effort to please them and to try to, you know, uh, live up to something that they say they see in you. And if that trust is misused, I mean, that, that's a very powerful thing. So, yeah, yes, I'm familiar with what you're talking about. And I don't think we've seen, uh, I think we've just scratched the surface on where this is going to go. I think so too. And, and I'm just trying, I've been really reflecting on like, why am I so pulled into this story? And, you know, I was a cross country runner as well, a college runner, full ride college scholarship. And uh, we had to test our body fat. I remember kind of going one by one. And, and then afterwards we all talked about our body fat. You know, um, I was fortunate enough where I didn't have any coaches or anyone telling me I needed to like, you know, decrease that body fat. Um, but it was still, you know, a traumatic experience just kind of being with all your teammates. So um, yeah, misuse of power and how it can really be uh, devastating for, you know, girls and, and boys, um, but young people, I think. So I think we yes. want to be really careful the way that we um, particularly talk to uh, people about their bodies. Yeah, there, there was a kid at my high school who was a nose tackle on the football team at 156 pounds. And by the end of the year, he was wrestling at 128. Wow. That's not right, you know, and you can't do that anymore. You can't, you know, drop that much weight. They've, they've, we've made some progress. Right. Yes, I mean, but so you're giving that sort of faith to someone and you're putting in someone and trusting them. And that this, uh, this case, I think, has just scratched the surface. Uh, my gritty person of the week is actually people of the week, and I'm going to just jump on the populist uh, train that's rolling right now that is the University of Minnesota football oh, team. Oh, such a great I mean, example. Yes, and, and here's a, a guy who came in here, and I remember watching uh, the video when he was at Western Michigan and recording it and showing my wife and saying, this is the guy that the University of Minnesota needs, Minnesota needs, because we have this, you know, myself included, we've been beaten down so much by, you know, so many setbacks in sports. Why can't we ever win the big one? 
and and here this guy has come in and just as he's selling energy and he's selling a vision and he's telling promise and his kids are going to class and his kids are involved in the community they get rewarded for it but they seem to be having a wonderful experience their G team gpa has never been higher yeah and, um he gets rewarded with a big contract and they go out and and win a game that required grit you know at home and then you see videos coming in from all around the state of people celebrating you know when they saw the gophers win and for me it takes me back almost all the way to the, the miracle on ice in 1980 i don't remember many sporting events where people i mean the twins winning the world series be seven again 91 where people went out and celebrated but i don't remember seeing one where you, you you heard stories about people at different places stopping and watching something and just being so overjoyed so the the the, the reward i think that we've all kind of basked in the, the glow of what the gopher football team has accomplished this year and we wait to see what what lies next and and uh it's been a unique um case study in trust yeah. and and belief and um you know playing for each other and i'm really intrigued to see where this goes I think PJ Fleck does everything in Beyond Grit. You know, uh, I need to send him a book <laughs> uh, yes. because uh, I, I think he could continue to help them. But, um, you know, we were watching the game on Saturday at a friend's house and we went crazy. And one of the kids was like, this is like the next Minnesota miracle. You know? <laughs> and it was the gopher football team. So I, I listened to PJ Fleck's um, uh, like interview afterwards. And what I love about what he said is we as fans must less let go of what happened 10 years, 30 years, 50 years ago, and we must focus on the here and the now. And so I think that's all about like peak performance right there. Like let go of what just happened, trust that they're going to do their best. And to hear all those kids say, we're just, we're just uh, one and oh, and we just need to, you know, be one and oh against Iowa. And then we need to yeah. be one against Northwestern. He's yep. got bought in, that is for sure. All right, um, so you've got your homework for chapter uh, nine. We'll be on chapter 10 next time. Um, thank you. I, I have so much fun out with you. This is this is a great, uh, great experience. And I sincerely hope that for everyone out there listening, uh, gets as much out of this as I do. I love it as well. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Make it a great week. Yes, no, gotta say this before on the way out for our friends at the National Sports Center. Uh, the Beyond Grid podcast seeks to help you reach, reach your peak potential. We want you to check out this and other great content on the NSC blog page, which is, of course, Beyond the Bench. You can find my columns there, where you can also leave us your questions and comments. For the one and only Dr. Cinder Kampoff, I am Tim McNiff. I want to thank you for joining us. And until next time, all you got to do is stay gritty. Stay gritty. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSE blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. The Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.